courageous faith. Everyone say courageous faith. Uh, so the call of the Jesus follower, the call of someone that is a, a, a believer, a Christian, a Christ follower, is a call to live by faith. And to live that kind of life actually takes courage. Uh, I think many of us, I know me at times, I like the lion from The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if anyone's seen The Wizard of Oz. I love the lion, my favorite character. But a couple of his lines, he says this. He says, <laughs> situation where Dorothy's been captured and the lion says, all right, I'll go in there for Dorothy. Wicked witch or no wicked witch. Guards or no guards, I'll tear them apart. I may not come out alive, but I'm going in there anyway. There's only one thing I want you fellows to do. And the tin man and the scarecrow say, what's that? And the lion says, talk me out of it. <laughs> I think oftentimes we're feeling like we need to do something or we want to do something or we want to see some change take place. <laughs> but there's anxiety. There's this, uh, this, this sense of, oh, someone stop me. Somebody talk me out of this bold plan, this bold adventure, this, this, this uh, desire to go to a new level, to live at another plane because it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to leave the past behind and step into a brand new future. It takes courage. Oh, thank you. Free water. <laughs> Never say you don't get anything at church. Never uh, <laughs> get it after the service. Um, it, uh, it takes courage. And, you know, courage is an internal quality. It's an important virtue uh, in and of itself. But this morning, I don't want to just talk about courage. I want to talk about courageous faith. So courage is an internal quality, uh, just a sense of stepping out. But courageous faith is not, the, is not having courage or, or strength in yourself to do what you need to do, which is important as well. But courageous faith is the ability to trust in Jesus to trust in His Word, to trust in His program, to trust in His way, despite our fear, despite uncertainty, despite difficulties. Courageous faith is the ability to say, Jesus, I trust in You, despite what else is going on in our world. That's the kind of life that Jesus calls us to live, a life of courageous Faith, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now that takes tremendous courage to live in a way where you're believing for something that you can't see because it goes against many of our natural qualities, many of the Senses that we are important. I'm not saying we deny them. I'm not saying we, we, we don't acknowledge them. But, but Jesus calls us to live beyond just our five senses. To live in an area where we are believing God and believing for things which we can't see. We can't see them in the natural, but we're believing that they're going to happen. That takes courage. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6 says this, that quality, 
that faith quality, without it, it's impossible to please God. That's a pretty bold statement. It's faith that pleases God. The ability to say, despite what's going on in my life right now, despite the circumstances that I'm dealing with, despite the mountain that stands before me or the enemies that are coming against me or the giants that are in my foreground, I am going to believe God. I am going to believe His Word. I am going to believe His promises. That takes courage to say, this is what I believe. And without that, it's impossible to please God. Now, often we think, you know, if I've been following Jesus for a period of time, then my faith will increase incrementally based on the amount of time that I've been following Jesus. But it doesn't actually work like that. Faith doesn't grow simply because we turn up in church, because we follow Jesus. Uh, faith is the result of something. And the Bible tells us how faith comes. In Romans 10, 17, Paul writing to the Roman church about this topic, he says this, faith, the thing that pleases God, comes by hearing His Word. Faith is generated through the Word of God. It is a byproduct of God's Word. That's why we need to hear it. That's why we need to read it. That's why we need to meditate on it because that is the only way that faith comes. That is the only way the ability to believe God comes. It doesn't just come because we've been following Jesus. We make a decision, God, I am going to believe what you say despite what's going on right now. And this is something that we need to be hearing continually, whether it's on a Sunday, whether it's podcasts, whether it's you know our own app, or if we've got a real Bible, a real Bible or an app, <laughs> um, that we are having faith generated in our heart to live the life that He's called us to live. Because God wants us to live at a level that is beyond the level that we are able to achieve simply by our own ability, our own strength, our own wisdom, our own capacity. God calls us to live the kind of life that can only be lived by faith. And he says, and faith comes as you hear my word. So hopefully this morning, that's what you're feeling, stirring on the inside, a sense of faith in God, to believe that God is able to do what he says he will do. The Bible says we are saved by faith. It says we are called to walk by faith. It says that we work miracles by faith. We live by faith. The Bible says the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. So courageous faith is an essential element of the Christian life. And if we want to see our life going to the next level, if we want to see our circumstances changing so that we're seeing the things that God writes in His Word and the promises that He declares that are for us, actually in our world and in our circumstances, that transition, how it comes from the Bible into our world, it comes through faith, through believing God's Word <coughs> and then acting upon it. 
And we are unable to tackle today's challenges with yesterday's faith. That's why it needs to be renewed. It needs to be renewed because we leak it. Faith leaks. And one day we're feeling really faith-filled and, yeah, I can take on the world. Yes, nothing's impossible. Yes, this is going to turn around. And then, isn't it funny, you go to bed like that and you wake up in the morning and you're like, where's all my faith gone? (laughs) Something happens. You read one text. You read an email. You get a phone call. You go onto Twitter (laughs) or uh, Instagram. You see something and all of a sudden, it's gone. And we've got to go, you know what, I need to build that again. It's not just there constantly. It's something that we need to renew. Faith is like spiritual food. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, if you know the story of the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, they were in the desert. God provided food for them. It was called manna. I don't know if anybody's read that story. And uh, it used to come in the mornings and it'd be on the ground. They had to go uh, pick it up and that would be their sustenance uh, during their, their uh, periods in the wilderness. And, uh, but the Bible said, and God said to the Israelites, but it's only going to last a day. You have to collect it that day. And if you keep it, it's going to rot. You have to collect it again the next day. And it was like bread. They call it this bread. And the Bible says that Jesus is the bread of life. And she's saying that the Word of God is like this manna that God used to provide. He provides it for us, but it's got to be collected each day. Yesterday's manna is not going to sustain you today. Yesterday's Bible reading, yesterday's revelation is not going to sustain you for the challenges that you face today or tomorrow. Sometimes we think, oh, I've been following Jesus 15 years or five years or two years or 20 years. And surely I would have enough faith. But that's like saying, you know, I had a meal 20 years ago. Surely I should have enough energy for today. No, you've got to renew it each day because that's what your body uses, that food, to get the, the essential nutrients, minerals, and, uh, and um, carbohydrates, whatever, to turn it into glucose to give you the energy to live. Each day you've got to do that. It's exactly the same when it comes to faith. You are facing challenges today, which God has given you the ability to overcome. It doesn't matter what you are facing. If it's financial, God is giving you the ability to overcome. He said in His Word, I will meet all of your needs according to my riches in Christ Jesus. The Word is there. The promise is there. Whether it's relational, He talks about the ability to bring unity, to bring um, forgiveness, restoration, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical. We're going, to have a, we're going to have an altar call at the end of this service today. I'm going to be praying for people because I know of people in our church at the moment that are dealing with terminal illnesses. And the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Jesus who heals. The Jesus of the Bible is the same Jesus that is here today in our midst by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be believing that God is going to do miracles in this place. Not just, uh, not just uh, physical miracles for healing, but if you've got a financial situation, 
uh, that is stressing you out, if you're dealing with a, a, a um, relational issue, whether it be family, whether it be a child, whether it be a, uh, some kind of extended situation, we want to pray for you today because I know that God is a God who desires to move in your circumstances. Let's give him a hand this morning. <coughs> Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how we move from just the natural world to the spiritual world. That's how we move from just what we're capable of doing into an area of faith where we're believing that God can do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine, as it says in the Scriptures. So we need to hear about faith because faith is what gets answers from heaven. So we need to be feeding ourselves on faith every day. You say, oh, I want to, you know, I get sick of hearing that. I want to hear something else. And it's okay to have a, a small diet, but, you know, just if you had chicken this week, do you say, oh, you know, I had chicken this week. I don't want chicken anymore. We have chicken every week. We have chicken schnitzel. We have chicken thighs. We have chicken breast, chicken whatever. So it's important that we have a diet that is going to help us spiritually to live the life God's called us to live. Um, faith is what moved the mountains. If there's anything as a pastor that I want you to have to live the life God's called you to live is to have faith and to see that faith continually growing, continually uh, there to deal with and face and go to the levels that God wants you to have. Is it important to have love? Yes, absolutely. Jesus said the greatest is love, forgiveness, many other attributes. And we talk about that from time to time. But the Bible says love does not get answers from heaven. It doesn't. And this might mess with your theology a bit. But the Bible doesn't say if you love God, He'll answer your prayers. It doesn't say that. It says if you have faith, in God, He will answer according to your faith. Love is essential. Love is important. But love does not get answers from heaven. Need does not get answers from heaven. Oh, but I need God to move. I need God to move in my financial world. I need God to move in my marriage. I need God to move in my business. I need God. And need is an important element because it, it stirs us to, to action but the Bible doesn't say that need moves God's hand or miraculous hand. It doesn't say that. There's needs everywhere. It's believing that God is able to do it. As it says there, that scripture that I was reading in 11.6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. The next verse says, because the person that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. That's what you've got to believe, that He is going to answer that prayer, that He wants to move in your circumstances and that He's going to be with you as you step out and take on the challenges that you face. Faith is what moves mountains. Faith is what brought three million Israelites out of bondage when Pharaoh didn't want to let them to go. The whole Bible is about believing God for the supernatural, believing God to do something which in the natural is impossible. That's the God we believe in, the God who is able to do impossible or turn impossible situations around. Fourth, fourth 
Five things I want to look at this morning, quickly. <coughs> and then we're going to pray. Number one, about courageous faith. Number one, courageous faith sees a thing before it happens. In Joshua chapter six in your Bibles, you don't need to turn there, it'll come up here on, the, on here. Look at this. <coughs> courageous faith sees a thing before it happens. Now the gates of Jericho, the Bible says, this is where the Israelites had come out of the, come out of Egypt, they'd been through the desert and all the wanderings in the wilderness and they're, they're standing on the gates of the promised land. This is the first citadel that they're about to take. Um, they're going into Jericho and God said, this belongs to you. And it's, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. So they'd, they'd heard they were coming and they'd locked them out. No one went in and no one went out. So impossible situation. God said to them, I want you to go take this town. They've locked it up. They've barred them out and there's no way in. And then the Lord said to Joshua. So they've looked at this situation. They've gone, hold on. God's just told us to take it. There's no way in. Massive walls. <coughs> Massive um, that was, uh, if you look at Bible history, it's saying that the walls of Jericho were so big that they used to have chariot races around the top. That's how wide, we're not talking about, you know, a, a, a one brick wall <laughs> like you've got in your garden fence. We're talking about a massive structure. And, and so they're like, they're looking with their natural eyes and they're going, this is impossible. We can't do this, but God's told us to do it, but it's impossible. And then this is, what, this is what the Lord says to Joshua. See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and all its fighting men. What do you mean you've delivered them into our hands? No, you haven't. We're on the outside. They've locked us out, and there's no way in. Courageous faith sees a thing before it happens. The Lord is telling Joshua, he's showing him a key to faith. He's saying, see, I have already given this to you. See, you have already taken this. In the natural, they're going, no, we haven't. But that's what faith does. It sees a thing before it happens. If you have it, when it happens, you don't need faith. I don't need faith for this phone. God, give me a phone. Give me an iPhone. Give me an iPhone 6. No, I want, a, I want an iPhone X. <laughs> They're not out yet. I don't need faith for this phone. I've already got it. You don't need faith for something you already have. You need faith for something you don't have, something you're believing for. And the key that the Scriptures show us here when it comes to courageous faith is you've got to believe that you've got it or you've done it before you've done it. Before. You can't believe for healing once you're healed. You don't need faith. You don't believe God with faith for financial provision when the money's in your bank account. You don't need faith. You've got to believe before, before it happens, before you've got it, before it changes, before the report. That's what faith does. Number one, courageous faith sees a thing before it happens. Number two, 
<laughs> courageous faith declares and prophesies a thing before it happens. So not only does the Scriptures teach us that you've got to believe that this thing is going to happen and take place because God promises it before it happens, but you've got to begin to declare that with your mouth. Number two, Romans 4, 17 says this, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. What? What are you talking about? This is how faith works. This is how God's word works. Courageous faith declares and prophesies a thing before it happens. It declares and prophesies God's word and brings it into existence. That's how it works. What are you speaking out of your mouth when it comes to the circumstances that you want to see change? Are you just reinforcing the circumstances that you're dealing with right now by your confession, by what you're speaking, by what's coming out of your mouth? Or are you taking God's Word and declaring to that situation, declaring to that circumstance, declaring to that illness, declaring to that financial challenge, Marriage, circumstance, child, whatever it is, are you declaring the promises of God and seeing them come into existence? This is what the Bible teaches us about how faith works. You've got to begin to declare it before it happens, before it exists, before the change has occurred. That's why to live by faith takes courage because you're saying, you know what? I believe God. I believe this is going to change. I believe this is going to turn around. And most people around you are going to go, you idiot. How can you believe that when you look at the circumstances, look at the history, look at the past, look at the data, look at the facts, look at all this stuff. And it's not that we deny those. It's not that we ignore those. It's not that we pretend they don't exist. Yes, that's a reality. But God says, I want you to take your mind and your, and your focus off what you've currently got and what I promise you can have if you believe God. That's the difference. What are you focused on? What are you looking at and what are you speaking out of your mouth? Courageous faith declares a thing before it's happened. Number three, courageous faith steps out. Courageous faith steps out despite fear. Faith is not the absence of fear. To have faith doesn't mean you've got no fear. To have faith, to trust God, is to step out and act upon His Word and do what He asks you to do despite the fear that you feel, despite the anxiety, despite the sense of nervousness that comes when you're, you're looking uh, for your life to change, for it to turn around. There's a story in the Bible, Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. You may know the story. I won't go into the whole thing, so we're running out of time. But uh, this woman, it says she'd spent all the money that she had. She was a wealthy money. She'd spent any, every dime because she had an incurable illness. She'd spent it all on doctors till every cent was gone and she still was not healed. She was going to die. And then the Bible says she heard about Jesus. The first step to faith is we hear God's Word. 
God's word resonates in our heart and we begin to believe that something else is possible. It then says that she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, you may have heard that story or that scripture quoted, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch his garment, I'm going to be healed. So she goes out of her home, she heads off, there's a massive throng of people around him. Now the, the backstory to this whole scripture, which oftentimes we don't understand, is that in those days, holy people like Jesus, women were not allowed to touch them. For you to go and touch a holy man meant that you would be stoned to death. That was the risk that she was prepared to take to get her life change, to see the healing come. So she stepped out despite her fear because she felt like God was saying, this is your answer. And so she, the Bible says she found her way to Jesus. She worked her way through the crowd. She stepped out. She, she touched her garment. And the Bible says she was healed that moment. And then Jesus stops. Can you imagine how she felt at this point? Here's this holy man. She knew he had healing. He, she had the, he had the ability to change her life forever, to see her dreams and her desires come to pass. If she could just get to him. And so she goes to him, she touches him, and she knows she's healed. She feels it inside of her. And then he goes, hey, stop. Hundreds of people around. What's she immediately thinking? I'm dead. I am dead. She knew, as did everybody else, for you to touch a holy person in those circumstances meant death. And Jesus goes, stop everybody. It's a bit like one of those V ads. <laughs> they go, stop. Isn't that just me drinking a V? Uh, <coughs> and Jesus says, who touched me? Now there's thousands of people potentially thronging around Jesus. He's in the middle of a, he's in the middle of a throng. There's people reaching out all over. There's people touching him. He's and he says, who touched me? There's a difference between just reaching out to Jesus and reaching out to Jesus with faith. With faith. It says, I felt power go out of me. That's what he said. I felt power go out of me. And then it says, this woman comes to him trembling. It says trembling in the Scriptures. Why is she trembling? Because she feels like She's been exposed. She feels like her life's about to end. And Jesus says to her, your faith has healed you. Go. Your faith has healed you. Go. She stepped out despite her fear. You know, we all deal with fear, anxiety. When we want to step out of our current circumstances, the life that we're currently living to step into another life, whether it be going up financially, maybe it's buying a home, maybe it's going into a relationship where we've been hurt in the past, maybe it's stepping out educationally, maybe it's going part-time so that we can improve our, our uh, academic record or, or whatever it is. There's so many different areas where we feel anxious about change. No one likes change unless it's change for the better. But you don't know if it's better until later. And so, courageous faith trusts in God and steps out despite the fear. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Number four, courageous faith 
does not give in to opposition. Whenever you go to step out in God, if, you're, if God is challenging you in an area or you're wanting to see your life change from where you are right now, I can guarantee you, whatever area it is, whether it's weight loss, whether it's financial, whether it's educational, whether it's some other area in our life, whenever we say, you know what, I'm leaving that behind, I'm going forward, there will always be people that will resist that. When we're believing God, it's a level of consecration. We're saying, God, I'm believing your word. And if you go through the scriptures, every time a person took a step of consecration, it was resisted. An example is uh, blind Bartimaeus in the scriptures, Mark chapter 10, blind guy standing on the side of the road. Jesus, and again, thousands of people are walking past. He hears that Jesus is coming past and he begins to yell out. He begins to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And this is what it says in the scriptures. Verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to shut up. Well, it says be quiet, but that's my paraphrase. So here he is saying, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, change my life. Jesus, turn my circumstances around. And it says many, the people that were standing around him, might have been other blind people or other people, other beggars or people there saying, who do you think you are? Why would Jesus, why would he care about you? Why would he care about your life? Why does he care about your circumstance? You're just some blind person on the side of the road. That is a lie from the devil. If you've ever thought that or you're thinking it right now, where you're thinking, why would God want to change my life? Why would he want to change my circumstances? Why would he want me to be blessed? Why would he want me to have a great man? Why would he care about my children? Why would he care about my life? That is a lie from the devil. Here is a blind man, poor, no prestige in that society, sitting on the side of the road, and everybody is saying to him, Jesus doesn't care about you. Just shut up, sit there and be quiet. You're lucky you're even in our midst. And if you know the story, it says that Jesus heard him call out. And again, he says, stop. Everyone's like, what? what's going on this time? And he goes, that guy, bring him here. This one blind, poor beggar on the side of the road. Now here's where this story gets interesting. <coughs> Not only did he resist the discouragement of people telling him, oh, that'll never happen, that'll never change, you'll never get there, you'll never make that happen. He, he put all that to the side because he wanted and knew that Jesus had the answer for his life. But it says in there that he threw his cloak away. Now in those days, the cloak that the beggar wore was an identification. It was like your social security card that you'd carry today to go, hey, this is me. So this thing that they were given was something that gave them the ability to beg. And it says that when Jesus called him, he threw that away. In other words, what he was saying was, my life changes today. I am not going to be a beggar anymore from this day forward. My life is changing. I am going to be healed. My life is going to be turned around. I'm going to live in the purpose and the destiny that God has called me to. And it says he threw the past away. 
How many of us are holding on to the cloak of our past because that's our identification. That's how we see ourselves. That's who we think we are. Today is the day to throw that away and to come to Jesus and say, today my life changes. Today I get healed. Today my my finances turn around. Today my relationship is restored. Today is your day. It says he threw the cloak away and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus had the audacity to say to him, what do you want? Are you blind? I thought I was blind. You must be blind as well. What do you mean, what do you want? This is the thing that God will ask you because oftentimes we don't even know what we want. We just don't like what we've got. But we don't know what we want. And he's saying to you today, what do you want? Why would God care what we want? Surely he's just going to throw out some crumbs and we should be happy with what we get. That's not the Bible. Jesus says to this guy, what do you want? And he's saying to you here today, what do you want? Blind Bartimaeus says, I want my sight. And Jesus says to him, your faith has healed you. He doesn't say, faith has healed you. I'm healing you. Your faith, your faith has healed you. You've got faith. Faith for healing. Faith for God to move because it comes through His Word. You're hearing it right now. What you're hearing right now is generating faith in your spirit. What you've got to decide to do is, am I going to act on it? Am I going to believe it? Or am I going to walk away and let that seed pass away? And the last one, courageous faith does not give in to disappointment. Wow, this is good. You know, when I was preparing this this week, I got saved. <laughs> I'll fit, oh, gee, we're getting late. Courageous faith, last point. Discouragement is the biggest killer, the biggest killer to faith because it doesn't always happen in our time frame. Have you noticed that? God does not keep our schedule. He does not work to our five-year, four-year, three-year, two-year, or one-year plan. He does not. Attend the meetings that we schedule, (laughs) even though I sent him an invite. (laughs) And so we get discouraged because we think, is it ever going to happen? And over and over again in the Bible, you see references, and I won't go through them. I've got them all here, but, but faith and patience, the Bible says, inherit the promises of God. Faith and patience. Faith. And patience. Why would I need patience? Because it doesn't always happen in our time frame. That's why you need faith and patience. (laughs) Faith and patience inherit the promises. I'll finish with this scripture. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling afraid, If you're feeling uncertain about the future, about your life, that does not come from God. He has not given you a spirit of fear. 
He's given you a spirit of faith to believe God that all things are working together for my good. Why? Because He loves you. You are important to Him, just like blind Bartimaeus, just like the woman with the issue of blood, just like the hundreds of other people that we read about in the Scriptures. Some of them we know their names, some of them we don't even know their names. Just a moment in history where someone reached out to Jesus and their life was turned around. Their circumstances were changed. And God was glorified in their midst. Let's close our eyes here this morning. Father, we thank you. I'm going to pray for people today. And we're going to believe God for miracles, for breakthrough, for healing. The Bible says nothing is impossible for God. And all things are possible to the person who believes. Thank you for your presence here today, God. Thank you for your presence. I thank you that you love every person that is here, that you're for us, you're not against us. You are for us. You are cheering us on. And you're calling us to live by faith, which means not by sight, not by what we currently feel or see, but to lift up our eyes and see Jesus. See Jesus. Can you just play that song, Jesus, Jesus? Bum, bum.